blessed to be standing here today and to share the word of the Lord with you, a continuation of last Sunday's message, stepping into God's supernatural blessing. I want to read to you, and then I'm going to pray and, and begin this second message. <clears throat> message. Matthew 14, 13 says, beginning there, when Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a desert place by himself. But when the multitude heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, that is, from the boat, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them, and he healed their sick. And when evening was come, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a desert place, and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away, that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said something very curious to them. They did not expect this, I will tell you that. They, didn't, they do not need to go away, Jesus said. He said, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass, and he took the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave to the multitudes. So they all ate and were filled. And they took up 12 baskets full. Notice this, 12 baskets full of fragments that remained. Now those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the word of God. It's amazing. It is amazing, Lord. Thank you that you want us to enter into, in a greater measure, your supernatural ministry. The things that you want to do from your heart for people that speak to them about your heart for them, that help them to see that you are a God who loves to bless and increase them. And so, Father, I ask that you would just give us revelation and understanding in all these things. There's so many things, Lord, that are in this wonderful passage. So teach us from your word, I pray, in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen, amen. So stepping into, pressing, if you will, into God's supernatural blessings, this is a, a real desire of mine, it's, and I want it to be a real desire of yours because the Lord has spoken to me about this, and I, I want this for you because I believe in understanding and stepping into God's supernatural blessings, whatever they are. Blessings come in many forms. Blessings come in, from many directions. Blessings from God. When we understand God's heart for us, we come to the revelation of 
understanding the supernatural. <clears throat> he is a God of the supernatural. So the, the word supernatural or blessings, let me start there. The word blessing, this is just my definition of it. I, I, I didn't look this up in a lexicon or something, but this is just my uh, definition. All things <clears throat> that God gives that are good, that are right, that are fruitful and peaceable and favorable for you. This is God's blessings, and that bring him glory. Somebody say amen. So God's into that. He loves that. And But the word supernatural, we get really hung up on that because we think, well, that's way beyond me, and that's really spooky. But God doesn't want you to um, you know, look at that word as something that is, is strange to you. It's, it, it literally, and again, this is just my definition of... Uh, the word supernatural, it just simply means the intervention of God in the natural realm, in your life, in the natural. It's just God intervening. I mean, God is doing so many things in the natural right now. I mean, if we thought about just the natural, the supernatural would just simply come alive to us because, I mean, think about the earth just spinning in orbit. By just that alone, oh, okay, that blows my mind that that's actually happening and that we're not spinning off the earth into space, right? I mean, think about it. But the supernatural is the intervention of God in the natural realm that establishes and demonstrates the Father's heart, His love, His grace, His power, His restoration, His provision. In any circumstance, in every circumstance, in anything that your life is interacting with right now, God desires to bring his intervention, his answers, his love, his supernatural power. This is the Father's heart. See, supernatural blessings from God began when before you were saved. I mean, before you were saved, God began to work on you supernaturally. And I explained this last week. I'm not going to go into all the detail because it's on last Sunday's message. But if you think about how God brought you out of darkness, how he began to interact with you while you were blinded, while Satan held you captive, how God entered into that darkness of your life and began to pull you into faith in Christ, into the kingdom of God, and how he granted to you faith, how he granted by the Spirit repentance. I mean, as hard-hearted as we were, as prideful as all of us were, that is a miracle of God. That is the supernatural power of God. And it's undeniable in my life. When I look back, I don't even know outside of the miracle working power of God how I got saved. <clears throat> I mean, I was on drugs. I was messed up. I had so many things going on up here. It was like a cesspool. I'm telling you, my heart was, you know, I had a decent heart. I was raised by this man. Somebody say amen. I was raised by my mom. She's in heaven today. But the fact is, is that I was messed up. And how many know we were all messed up, right? And so God began to work in my life, and he worked in your life in a supernatural way. It literally was God's intervention. It was the Father who began to work in you. It's amazing to think about it. 
And so it begs the question that once, once we're saved, once we're born again, once we start living for God, why do so many born-again believers, once they're saved, fail to step into the greater levels of supernatural blessings the Father has for them? Why do we just stop? And I have answers, right? And not maybe not all of them, but I have some, and I know what they are. Certainly the devil comes to kind of say, oh, God won't do that for you. He'll do it for everybody else. Or religion will teach you that, oh, you know, those gifts stopped with the apostles. You know, you can't ask for miracles today because God's not doing that. Well, the fact is, the Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So whatever you say about that, it doesn't line up with the word of God. So get out of my way. I'm moving on. I'm pressing in. I'm stepping in to the supernatural power of God. God doesn't want this to be a task for you. He wants it to be something that you enjoy learning and growing in. And I want to show you some things here. They're amazing in this passage of scripture about the fish and the loaves and what all that means. But people have doubts and they have fears. There's, you know, certainly uh, religion and all the things that try to keep us, you know, bound up by our traditions, our own carnal mind from stepping in and taking risks for God to see people healed, see people saved, and see, see others brought into the family of God. Paul the Apostle put it this way in Galatians chapter 3, verse 2, starting there. He said, this only I want to know and learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? So your faith, when it comes to getting saved, we know that we are saved by grace through faith. And this not of yourselves, that is grace and faith. It is the gift of God. Faith is a gift from God. God gave you faith to believe in Him. Did you know that? You didn't have it outside the work of the Holy Spirit in you. Come on, it's true. It's right there in the Word. It's so beautiful. This is God working in you. You should just be looking up and smiling at the Father. Thank you. I didn't even know that. Hallelujah. But notice this. It says, Paul goes on to say, Are you so foolish having begun in the Spirit? Listen to this. Are you now being made perfect by the flesh or by what you do? And, you know, well, I just got to figure it out myself. Or, you know, God isn't opening that door for me. You know, I heard about it somewhere else. But no, you're not made perfect by the flesh. Now, they were dealing with the law at Galatia. They were false disciples and leaders that came in and tried to pull them out of the things of the Spirit back into the laws of man, the traditions of man, and leave the Spirit over here and not operate there. And Paul's just calling them. He's calling them out. He's calling the Galatians out. I said, look, have, did you start in the things of God by the, by the law or by the Spirit? Because if you started by the Spirit, you want to continue. Notice what he says, by the Spirit. Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain. In other words, there's an on-ramp. If you've gotten over here in the works of the flesh and trying to figure everything out that God wants to do instead of just trusting Him and stepping out and taking risk and doing the will of God for your life and for others, there's an on-ramp. He says, if indeed it is in vain, right? Therefore, this is a powerful statement. He who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does He do it 
By the works of the law. And the answer, it's a rhetorical answer. No, he does not. And the miracles that Paul is talking about is the blessings of God that God wants to step in. He wants to intervene in every single one of your lives in supernatural ways. And people need to see this in you. They need to see this in me. They need to see us operating in this power of the Holy Spirit that we call it and the, and the presence of God flowing through us. He says, the Spirit is supplied. Does he, does he do miracles among you uh, by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And so <clears throat> my faith is very important here when it comes to stepping in to the supernatural. Because if I'm, if I'm doubting God or if I lack confidence in Him or in His Word in any way, I really got to work on those things in my life so that I'm not lacking in those things and I can just empty myself of all of that and say, okay, God, you know, I'm, I'm willing. So this first step, I'm just going to give you one point today. Everybody go, man, I'm glad. Because I've had seven points. I've had, I've had many points. But just one point today. See, faith and confidence in God is so important. It is so important for you to have great confidence in your Father. It's, your, it's the Father's heart for you to have confidence in Him. Your Father loves you. He wants to work through you. He wants to do things in your life that are just incredible. And we, I don't even understand all of it. I'm just learning myself. But step one is know that the Father is with you and wants you to take risks for Him. And I'll explain that, taking risks. So notice this. When Jesus went out of the boat, when he got out of the boat, I don't know how tired he was. I don't know how whatever he was going through at that moment. Remember, he was human. Yes, he was God, but he was a man. And he, uh, he allowed himself to experiences, experience the weakness of this body in order to demonstrate to all of us that we can live for God the same way he did. You say, well, he was the son of God. Well, um, you're a son or a daughter of God too. So um, somebody say amen to that. I'm not saying we're the savior of the world. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying we are the body of Christ. And it's important to hold yourself to a standard that pleases the Father, not false humility that makes excuses for how we're not doing things for God. Can I just say that? Do you still love me for that? I'm not saying you. I'm saying everybody else. I'm saying everybody else, not you, right? But Jesus got out of the boat and saw an overwhelming crowd. Think about this, thousands, maybe upwards to 20,000, 15, 20, 25,000 people. Now, his ministry was exploding. I mean, I can look at Prague for all of you right now and just, I would be exhausted. I would just, but I would have to step into the power of God. I mean, individually, just going through everything. Come on, somebody. But, but look, it doesn't matter what we feel. This is not about how I feel here. If it continues to be about how I feel, I'll never accomplish what God is wanting to do. And so you really have to empty yourself of that, of those feelings. But he, the, Jesus knew who was with him. Somebody say amen. 
He knew that the Father was with him. And notice this, he gets out of the boat, he saw this overwhelming crowd, and he doesn't consult with anyone. He doesn't say, okay, let's huddle over here, guys. You know, Peter, I'm going to need you. I, I, I need you, Peter. You've been sleeping. He doesn't go into any of that. He doesn't talk down to his disciples. He doesn't point the finger that, look, guys, you guys should be meeting the needs of these people here. Why is there such a massive crowd? No, he doesn't do any of that. He doesn't consult with anybody. He doesn't call a committee meeting. He doesn't call a huddle. He just turns around and he goes toward the crowd. He doesn't turn back into the, to go into the boat and take a nap. I mean, there's people here. They, they have a need. They have needs. And Jesus assesses the situation, right? He assesses it. He assesses, and he wants us to assess things. He wants us to pray about things. He wants us to f- be faithful in things that are presented to us. It may be at work. You may have, you may have problem-solving skills at work, but something is really bugging you like nobody's business. You can't figure it out. Nobody can figure it out. Did you know the Holy Spirit wants you to have the answer for that problem? Oh, come on, give God praise right now. I'm telling you. You may have a child who does not understand arithmetic. But I'm going to tell you, God wants that child to understand arithmetic. He does not want that child to be frustrated. And he wants you to step right in there. And he wants you to pray over that child and open their understanding. Somebody say amen. God is into multiplication. You may have a checking account that's about to bounce with the next check that you write. But I'm going to tell you, God doesn't want you hiding from your banker right? He wants you going to your banker. He wants you to step into the problem. He wants you to figure things out. He wants you to, he wants the things that you do to multiply. He wants whatever you put your hand to do to multiply and glorify him. This is the father's heart. Jesus is not running from the massive crowd. He is stepping into the needs. He assessed it. So the, Jesus knew the Father was with him. And, and when you know the Father is with you, you know good things are going to happen. If you're just ministering out of your own knowledge and trying to figure a marriage problem out that, that you know, somebody else has, not you guys, but somebody else, you're helping somebody with a marriage problem, and you can't figure it out, and you're just frustrated with them, you don't even want to meet with them. I'm talking about me. You know, I, 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 I sometimes feel that way, and, but I'm always praying in the Holy Spirit. I'm always praying in the Holy Spirit, and and all of a sudden, boom, God will give me a word. He will give me an insight. A bow, things will crack open. I mean, when you know the Father is with you, there's not a tough problem that he can't answer. He wants to answer. So Jesus stepped into someone's damaged life. And at some point, it just has to become about other people. If I'm not walking in victory after th- Almost 40 years of walking with Jesus. I mean, don't even come next Sunday, right? Just don't even come because I can't teach you anything. But I'm telling you, 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 if you've lived for Jesus any amount of time, live to learn in complete and utter victory over your emotions, over all of the junk that the devil tempts you with, over every problem you face. Just you, you figure it out with God and you let him multiply until all of your enemies are under your feet. And man, you flip the switch and you say, okay, God, 
I'm ready. Hallelujah. Now, these poor disciples weren't ready. They, they looked at this crowd, and Jesus said, bring me the fish and loaves, right? <laughs> bring them to me. You don't know what you're doing, but I'm going to teach you exactly what to do. Guys, watch this. Hallelujah. And what does he do? He looks up to the Father. I mean, how simple is that? He looks up to the Father, and he blesses. I don't know what he says. It doesn't say any what he said, but it doesn't have to be long. It just has to be confident that the Father is watching, he's seeing, and that he's about to do something good. Hallelujah. John 10, 32 says this, The works that I do, Jesus said, in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. In this case, where the fish and loaves and the people were there, multiplication and healing were what was needed. And so whatever it is, it can be anything that you can think of that you're facing, anything that somebody else is facing, you can step into that and bring the answers of God. Bring the answers. Jesus knew that healing was needed and that multiplication of the fish and loaves were needed. He said these these works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. See, we are people of the Spirit. And what we do bear witness that the Father is with us. I don't want people to see just what I do. I want them to see what the Father does, right? I know you, can, you can't hardly help but hear me right now because you're in this room, right? I mean, you see what Randy is doing. But beyond that, I want you to see and hear what the Father is doing and what he wants to do. John 10, 32, also said, uh, 37 says this, If I do not the works, the Father, if I, if I, do not do the works of my Father. Don't believe me. But if I do, though you do not believe me, believe the works, that you may know and believe the Father is in me, and I am in him. There is, that's the secret of everything. That's the secret. Jesus is not trying to convince them. He's just saying, look, the evidence is clear. God is real. And he is showing up right now in this miracle that's happening. He's showing up by the power of the Spirit of God in this meeting. I don't know who that was over here that was getting blessed. Was that you, Anita? Were you getting blessed in the worship? I'm telling you, that's the Spirit of God blowing up in somebody's life. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Some of you should have walked right over there and just kind of laid hands on her. And, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's multiplying. It's increasing. Somebody say amen. When you come here, I'm asking God to multiply and increase your life in the supernatural. I don't have to touch you. It's just this is what he does. See, the fa- this is the Father's heart. The Father wants you to take risks. He wants you to step out. He wants you to do things for him that your and your confidence in him uh, produces your faith. Your faith, your confidence in God produces things. It's amazing. John 14, 12 says this, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, that's me. Somebody say amen. Raise your hand if you believe in Jesus, if you believe he's the son of God. 
Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these will he do, because he does what? He goes to the Father. The Father's all over this. Jesus is all over this. He's not trying to impress people. He's trying to draw them to him so that they will be saved. He is trying to meet their needs so that he can, he can meet them at their greatest need, and that is salvation. This is the Father's heart for his sons and his daughters. He said, those who believe in me, the works that I do, they will do also. Say, that's me. So I got to figure this thing out. I got to say, wow, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> Little old me, you know, can't even make a hair grow on my head, Lord. I wish I could. I mean, I'd love to be multiplying this. Come on. I mean, I don't have faith for that, Lord. I mean, my, I, got, I, got, I got heritage here. I'm not going to, you know, I, you know, I want to be like my dad too. Hallelujah. Right? No, I'm just teasing. I'm just I prayed. You know, I, pr- I believe that I probably wouldn't have a hair on my head if God hadn't answered the prayers that I'd already prayed. I'm just having fun. This is just fun. I mean, think about it. Can you imagine? I said this last week. I mean, Jesus is multiplying the fish and the loaves while they're in the basket. He's sitting over there. And he's just smiling. He said, go on. Just keep going. God, they're looking back at him. What is this? What's happening here? I mean, fish and loaves are just coming out all over the place. And people are like, no, stay in your, stay in your sections. You know, I know you want to rush. You want to rush the, you know, the, the food bank here. But no, just we'll get you. We'll, there'll be enough. Doesn't look like there's going to be enough. because And the people had to be patient and use their faith too. They had to believe that when it got all the way back to the crowd, and they're not going back someplace and getting supply. It's just happening right in front of them. And Jesus is just sitting back. I believe he's just smiling. He is, he is smiling. He's watching the face of his disciples and the face of the people. This is fun. It's fun to live for God. I haven't had so much fun in my life. People say, oh, you... You know, you used to party, Ren. I was a party animal, but I had to go home, and half the time I was sick because I partied too much. You don't get sick on this new wine. Hallelujah. You don't get sick over in this, this camp. Hallelujah. You just want more. You want more. You want more. Hallelujah. See, this is the Father's heart for his sons and daughters. I believe it with all of my heart. Know the Father is with you. Can you say that with me? I know the Father is with me. And that he wants me to take risks. Amen. 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 Nearly every day, and you know it, because you go to work every day and you live where you live, there are things that occur around you. Listen, this is very important to what I'm about to tell you or what I want to convey to you that things around you and others that you love 
or to you personally, they're happening to you that contradict the blessings of God. You have to be able to discern what's right and what's wrong, what's from God and what isn't. And that's something that you have to really learn as a disciple. Okay, God, is this from you or is this from the devil? And you have to really know it. It's not hard. Come on, it's not like calculus here. I got to figure this thing out. No, man, you can tell right away. Because it's very simple. I'm going to give you three simple things. When you know things are contradicting the blessing, the promises of God, the word of God, the life of God, you have a right to step in and say, absolutely not. If something is stealing your peace or if there's a problem, absolutely not. And sometimes you got to get a little spiritual hostile with the devil. Come on. But here's some, of, here's some of the things, things that contradict God's word and blessing of blessing and promise to you. Attacks of the enemy. How many know what attacks from the enemy are? Does anybody know what attacks from the enemy? Now, now that's the enemy of the kingdom. Now, Satan can't touch all of us at the same time because he's not omnipresent, right? Only God is omnipresent. The devil is limited. So he has these little, these little demons, you know, one-third of the angels that fell. Remember that story? And I actually cover that in my book on joy because you need to know that the devil is under your feet. I'm going to tell you that's going to cause a lot of joy in your life. But listen... The devil does attack. His kingdom does attack. And you have to know what those things are. Discern the enemy's tactics. And I can tell when he's about to attack because there's things that are very obvious. I've been living for God for so long. I mean, the devil can't hardly sneak up on me. I mean, it's like, okay, there he is. I see him. He's peeking around the corner. Somebody say amen. You get your bazooka called the word of God, and you just blow the whole corner off of that, that where he's hiding, right? <laughs> so number two, the bazooka of the word of God. I never said that before. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You know what I'm talking about, Anita, don't you? you know, you've got out the bazooka a few times. Boom. You know, it just... Boom. The second thing is the results of the curse of sin. How many know there's a curse everywhere? It's everywhere. The curse is everywhere, but Jesus came to break the curse. The curse of sin came through Adam and Eve, and Jesus, when he died and rose again, broke the curse. So I have to know what the curse is. I have to know what the fallen nature is. I have to know what the curse is. So you can study it. I can't go into it right now, but you know what the curse is. Come on. Hallelujah. Woo, we're free. We're free from the curse. And the third thing is assaults of fallen man. Now, Paul experienced a lot of that. Many of us have not experienced that. I mean, people will kind of attack you at work and bless their heart. They don't really, they don't know what they're doing. And if they, if they do know what they're doing, shame on them, right? Because we shouldn't be attacking people at all, but people do, they attack. And so what do you got to do? Fight back and la, 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 ah, you know, no, that's not get all red faced and upset. No, you just look, you just, just do this. Your body, your body language, your posture, you know, and just pray for them. Somebody say, pray for your enemies, pray for them. Come on. All right, so that's just some of the things. Those things that counteract the contradictions, that's where God wants you. 
He wants you counteracting the contradictions of his blessing. Jesus, the Bible says, destroyed all the works of the devil. Hallelujah. So I want you destroying all of them as well in your life and around you, in the lives of the loved ones, anyone here. I want you praying over this. I want you praying for me. I pray for you. I want you praying for one another. And you can just break those things off. The Father doesn't want you to avoid the big crowd. Jesus didn't avoid the big crowd. He doesn't want you to avoid the problems. He wants you to step into them and bring the answers of God, the supernatural blessings of God to those things. Jesus went about doing good and doing good. How? By healing all that were oppressed of the devil. This brings glory to God. It crushes Satan under your feet. You know, God takes pleasure in crushing Satan's influence under your feet. Romans 16 says this in verse 19, your obedience has become known to all. Therefore, I am glad on your behalf, but I want you to be wise in what is good. Somebody say amen. And simple concerning evil. Now, this is how simple it gets right here. This is how simple I've made it in my life, and it, man, it is so good. Whatever is bad comes from the devil, and whatever is good comes from God. Now, I'm going to tell you that's exactly what Paul said. He says, I want you to be wise in what is good. What is good in your life? Well, the breath that I breathe is good. The eyesight that I have is good. Somebody say amen. You know, after having COVID, I still have taste buds. Thank you, Jesus. I had the best steak last night. Mm, hallelujah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's a lot of good. My muscles move. I mean, my body's good. My heart's ticking. Come on. You can go on and on. And then you can look around. Thank you for my wife, Lord. She is absolutely beautiful. Hallelujah. Thank you for my children. Thank you. And you can go on. It's called counting your blessings. But when things start trying to disrupt that, that's the devil. I'm telling you, God wants you to live in peace and power and victory all the time. 24, 7, 365. If there were 66, he would want you to live that way, right? In the year. Romans. He said, and the God of peace will crush Satan. When you're able to discern, when you're able to say, you know, the people are suffering. Jesus looked at these people. They're sick and they're hungry. That was from the devil. How many understand? And so what does Jesus do? He steps right into it. you got to make it simple. You can't be trying to figure it out. Don't try to figure it out. Just step in to what is best. Say, this is going to change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jen's going to the state capitol. She is a state representative now of you right here. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. And let me tell you. There's a lot of junk up in that Capitol building. There's a lot of principalities flying around and just smiling at everybody because they're so happy that they are having their way. But I'm going to tell you, you got to step in. We had a good conversation the other morning, and you just got to step in and say, okay, principalities and powers, you will not have your way. This is the people's house. It doesn't belong to the people here only. It belongs to all the people. And God is for the people. You got to keep it simple and you got to keep it good. 
Hallelujah. That you, you know, what is it? Be wise to what is good. Be wise. I could stay here all day, but I can't. And he says, hey, the Lord will crush Satan. God will crush the God of peace. Everybody say peace. So is peace good? Is peace from God? So is something trying to steal your peace? Guess what? You crush it. It's from the devil. If it's happening at work or happening in your family's life, somebody that you love, crush that thing. How do you crush it? You crush it in prayer. You speak to it. You command whatever the devil's doing, get off of my son. Get off of my daughter. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. You have no right. I'm in authority here. God is for me. Who can be against me? you got to make it simple. That's what Jesus did. He saw sickness. He went, well, God put that on him. No, he didn't say that. The Bible said, says that he went about doing good and healing all. Sickness is not from the Father. It is from the devil and from the curse of sin. I'm not, I'm not getting hyper spiritual on you. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. All right, so in our scripture, I'm going to conclude. What time is it? Oh, boy, wow. How come time flies, Lord? I can't wait till eternity. I want you to come to my preaching because I, I will get to preach. Whoa, will I just pour it out in eternity, man. I'm telling you, that's going to be fun. Let me, let me try to conclude. <laughs> so in our scripture text, we see Jesus moving with compassion, right? There is such a great powerful, and he's flowing in the supernatural miracles of God. Why? Because he loved people and because he was assigned to destroy all the works of the devil. And he was being an example to his disciples for their future ministry. He didn't want some fearful group of individuals. I don't know if we're going to be able to do this, go into all the world, preach. I don't even know. I don't, you know, he didn't want that. He gave them power. And man, did they come out of that upper room speaking in tongues. You talk about, it, it was, you know, in the natural speaking in tongues is, is it, almost embarrassing. I mean, they look like drunken men. They're coming out, they're speaking in tongues. These people are laughing. They're saying, what's wrong with these people? They're, but wait, 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 what was that? Did they just say something in my known language? Uh, what, huh? What? Come on. How many know when you're walking and moving in the Holy Ghost and things are multiplying all around you? I'm going to tell you, people are going to understand it because they know what is good. They know it's from God. And in, in this case, healing and multiplication were blessings from the Father. And Jesus knew it. you got to know that the Father is with you. you you want to be, not got to, right? I mean, that just sounds so forceful. But you want, you want to be acutely aware of the Father in the midst. When people are coming through here today, Rob, and anyone volunteering, I want you to know that the Father is with you because there's going to be a lot of junk flying around. Come on. There's going to be a lot of junk in their lives. These people need the blessing of God. They deserve the blessing of God. Jesus died to save these precious people and their families. Jesus knew the Father wanted to release these blessings, and in particular, this situation. So what situations are you facing? What needs 
does God want to transform by his blessing? Just there's nothing impossible with God. That's the, that is the crazy thing. Where, where's Tara? Where's the worship team? Come on up here. There's nothing impossible with God. So think about that. And there's nothing impossible to him who believes, those who have confidence in God. There's nothing impossible. Multiplying fish was not, and loaves were not, was not hard for God. Do you think that's hard for God? It's not. If it's meeting the needs of others. Now, multiplying hair on my head, what does, what's that going to do? Feed my ego? God's not into that, right? I'd have so much hair, it would be flowing like a river. I mean, remember, I mean, it would just be, it would be all over the place, man. I'd be so proud. But, that, but come on, isn't that true, Tara? It's true. I'd be so proud of that hair. So what, but see, this is about others. The multiplication is about others. The increase is about others. It's always about others to God. See, I have the victory. I don't need any more proof that God is who he is. Jesus stood at the tomb of Lazarus and wept. And then he worked. Somebody say amen. Peter moved with love and reached his hand out to the lame man at the gate, beautiful. And he said, I don't know if I can do anything for you. No. He reached out and said, he said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. See, this is how miracles happen. I'm not saying they're going to happen every time. I'm not saying that you'll see it the first 50 times that you take a risk. But keep taking the risks. John Wimber, the great John Wimber. Anybody remember John Wimber? He was a founder of Vineyard. He operated in the gift of miracles. And he said, when I started praying for people, I would get sick. But he never gave up. Somebody say amen. Because he wants, we read uh, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, that God wants the power that is revealed through you to be of him and not of you. The, we don't want any doubts there, any gray areas. We don't want to take the glory. And so God's got to get a lot of that junk out of you. So if you start praying for the sick and, and you you know, you get sick, right? God's, God's saying, look, I want you to know that this is not from you. You're just pouring my heart out to them. And so Ananias moved from fear to faith as he obeyed and went to Saul, who was a terror before he got saved. And the man was vicious toward Christians. And Ananias told the Lord, he said, Lord, he is just, Saul is doing unreal things to your people. See, the fear of man, the fear of failure, the fear of loss, the fear of expectations and your reputation or the fear of being misunderstood has to die. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. John, 1 John 4.18, he says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Take risks. Step out. Do something good for God. 
because fear involves torment, he says. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Do you want to be made perfect in love? I want to be made perfect in God's love and in his compassion for others. I know God loves me. I'll never doubt that. I want people to know the love of God. I want you to know this love. See, stepping and pressing into God's supernatural blessing, knowing that the Father is with you and wants you to take risks for him is of great importance to God. Because he created you for faith, not fear. Listen to me. I'm bringing it home right now. You are created in the likeness of Christ. His boldness and breakthrough stirs in you. It stirs in you. And it flows through you. The Father's will for your life is not timidity, but triumph. In every situation, you were meant you were not meant to be overwhelmed by the devil. You were meant to overwhelm the devil himself. In every area of your life, body, soul, spirit, relationships, finances, joy, peace, long-suffering, power, in your ministry, even in the mundane, are all to overflow and, and experience the supernatural blessing of God. As I conclude, let me remind you of this amazing dream that I had back at the end of 2019, where I'm in this room and the Lord is behind me, and in front of me is a table set like this, and there were bowls on it, and there were bowls, maybe five, and I felt the Lord say, step in and begin to pray. And as I'm praying, I don't even know what's in the bowls. I just began to pray over them. I didn't even hardly say anything. And up out of these bowls began to multiply. I don't even know what it was. It doesn't matter. Because the principle is God wants to increase. He wants to bring increase. And I'm, I'm going through each of every single one. Every single one. I'm saying, Lord, this is amazing. This is how it should be. And the fish and the loaves remind me of this dream. And I, I want to communicate this to you. And then all of a sudden there's a person on the ground and you can tell there's people around them. They're very sick or they're dead. I don't know. They're motionless, very white and pale. And I just go and just touch in Jesus' name. How many know that it's that simple? How many know it's that powerful? And up this person came and the people around them are astonished. They're shook and they just, he starts running. <laughs> Come on, somebody. The Lord wants you to know that this same blessing is for you. On the day of Pentecost, these men and these women, the 120, they had no power. They, had, they, just, they were just barely hanging on in the upper room. And they were just obeying the word of the Lord. That's all they were doing. And boom, the wind of God blows in the room and everything changed. They walked in this great power of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it's the Father's heart. It's the Father's heart and His will. And they were willing to take risks for Jesus. And that's what it takes. Their confidence was in the Lord. Jesus had prepared His disciples for supernatural ministry. He knew how it was going to turn out. He knows how it's going to turn out for you. If you'll take risks, he will do amazing things. Some of you already know what I'm talking about. 
He has prepared you well for this. And I'll close with this, John 14, 12. Most assuredly, Jesus said, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. This is such an amazing passage, amazing verse. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Bring those lights down, Dave, as as everyone stands. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I believe this book on joy is going to help you as well. I believe it's going to help you understand the heart of a father better. You know, most of us always thought before we were saved that God was up there just ready to, you know. And that's just so far from the truth. I mean, so far. If you've never given your life to Jesus, I want to pray for you. If you feel like you're so distant from him, I want you to pray this prayer. But I want everyone to pray it because... It is truly an affirmation of our devotion and faith in Jesus. Those of you watching or watching later, if you've never given your life to Jesus or you're estranged from him, you feel like you're distant, he's not distant from you. All you have to do is say this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of doubt, selfishness, self-seeking, and anything else that is birthed in pride. Take it away. I humble my heart. Come into my life. Stir the gifts of God. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to live for you, Jesus, so that I can serve you and love you like you deserve. I believe that you died on the cross, that you rose again. I believe in you, Jesus, with all my heart. In your name I pray. Amen.